Would you turn with me this morning to two openings, uh, 1 Samuel 2, Hebrews 12. Let's get into the Word some more today. 1 Samuel 2 and verse uh, 30, the last part of the verse, says, For them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me the Lord said, shall be lightly esteemed. The uh, new century says, I will dishonor, disregard those who ignore me. The BBE says, those who have no respect for me will be of small value in my eyes. Does God treat us in response to how we treat him? Hmm? Or does he just treat everybody the same? You have to think about that, don't you? What does he do? How does he honor people? If you honor him a little bit, then according to this, what? He will honor you a little bit. What if you don't honor him at all? You ignore him. You don't show him respect. Well, then you'll be despised. And ignored. What if you greatly honor him? (laughs) What if you greatly reverence him and honor him and respect him? What's going to happen? He is going to greatly honor you. Would that matter to you in life? That he honors you. Now, people say, Oh, I don't care about being honored. Oh, yes, you do. Not from men. Yeah, you ought not be so excited about that. Men honoring you. Because that's so temporary and it cannot mean a thing. It can be fickle. People will honor you today and crucify you tomorrow. They're fickle. They can change just like that. And Jesus talked about individuals, religious leaders. He said, you seek the honor that comes from men. But he talked about seeking the honor that comes from God. I'd rather, much rather, be somebody in heaven than somebody on the earth. Are you with me on this? I'd much rather be honored of God. Oh, it doesn't even compare. Than to be honored of men. But now, go back to the verse. What determines how he honors me? How I honor him. So much to learn here. And God honoring us involves so many different areas of our life. Honor is such a big thing. He honors us by claiming us, by identifying with us. How many understand in the days to come and in the days when the books are opened and when mankind is judged? Are you going to want the Lord to claim you yes. while people are screaming out and crying out for the mountains to cover them from the face of the one that sits on the throne? Are you going to want the Lord to say, I don't know them. I don't know who they are. Depart from me. I never knew you. Well, those would be awful words to hear. Awful. 
Or you go on him to say, they're mine. (laughs) And call your name. Glory to God. What about this one? Oh, that's Keith. I know him. Gotta go glory. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm with him. He knows me. Ask him. Woo, glory to God. And didn't he say, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father and his angels. That's why you must not be somebody that hides their Christianity. You must not. You must not be somebody intimidated or ashamed. I don't care whether it's here, whether it's at work, whether it's in a restaurant, whether it's at school, in front of your kids, in front of your spouse, I don't care where it is. You need to be bold, unashamed to say, I love the Lord. He's mine. I'm his. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Yes. Yes. Don't even act like you might be embarrassed about it. You're not one of them, them tongue talkers? Oh, yes. Yes, tongue talker me. (laughs) Healing, believing, miracle believing, prosperity believing, going to heaven, believing me. I claim Jesus. It's Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But you can't come in here and bring that Jesus stuff in here with you. Well, then I got to stay outside. Because I don't go anywhere without him. Now that doesn't mean you got to preach to people 24-7. Or you got to try to force things down their throat or try to make them accept things. Don't do that. That's not the Lord. That's not the Holy Spirit. But you're never embarrassed about what you believe. You're never ashamed. Somebody say, I am not ashamed ashamed of the gospel gospel of the Lord. Of salvation. salvation. Not ashamed. Never ashamed. Well, he said, if you, those that honor me, I will honor. Let that get cemented in you. Let it get down into your spirit. If you really believe that, then you're going to be hungry to learn how to honor him more. He honors you by claiming you now and then. He honors you with things in this life. How many know when the Lord blesses you with a nice car and a nice house and he honored you? Amen. Didn't he? Yes. He blessed you. In fact, the word honor is connected with bestowing of gifts and things all through the Bible. It's strong. Strong. When the Bible tells you to honor your elders, honor your parents, honor people, it is not just talking about calling them sir and ma'am. It's talking about getting in your pocket. Got three people with me. Jesus interpreted honor father and mother as doing things for them financially. Jesus interpreted that verse that way. Study it for yourself. And he said there were people that were saying, well, everything I have is holy to the Lord. And so that Uh, relieves me from any responsibility from my family. And that's when he said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. That's specifically what he was talking about. No, when you honor people, 
You do things for them financially. Some of the most enjoyable times in my life in past years naturally has been when the Lord allowed us to do things for people financially and honor some. The Lord had me find some individuals that were involved in my life as teachers and elders and give them nice watches and nice things. The Lord allowed me to get together with another couple of pastors and ministers and sew a super nice vehicle to an elder and some of these things. And it honored them. It honored them. They enjoyed it. These kind of things we ought to believe for. It's reason, you know, one of the top reasons of many why you need to prosper. Right? Why you need to prosper. So you'll have the ability to do these kind of things. Somebody say honor. honor. Well, honor the Lord. And what's he going to do? Honor him. How many know the Bible says honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase? But then what's going to happen? You honored him. What's going to happen next? He's going to honor you and your barns are going to be filled with plenty and your presses are going to burst out with new wine. Can you see it? He's honoring you. He's blessing your stuff. He's prospering you. He's increasing you. One way he honors you is financially and materially. One way he honors you is through promotion, through increasing you and promoting you, giving you places of greater authority, greater influence. And one of the greatest ways that he honors us anytime, anywhere is by his presence, by his manifested presence. How many know that one of the greatest ways God could honor us this morning is by manifesting himself in this place. We know he's here. He's here. He's always here. But he's not always in the same degree of manifestation. We're not aware of his presence always to the same degree. Now here's the great exciting thing. And I know I've said it before. You're going to hear me say it again and again. Is there anything we can do that would cause him to respond With a greater manifestation of his presence. We just got through reading it. We've been talking about it for minutes now, right? What? What can we do? If we learn how to honor him more, what's he going to do? He's going to honor us more. One of the greatest ways he honors us is with his presence. The Holy Ghost manifests himself more Where he is respected more. The Holy Spirit. Does more. Where he is honored more. It's popular nowadays. To be casual. Isn't it? Casual. Everything casual. But it stems. Not from the external. It's just reflecting something internal. Nothing is a big deal anymore. No big deal. No big deal. You know, I read an article a while back about some folks that went to visit the president and they came in flip-flops. And there was this big debate about is that okay or is it not okay. I can tell you. (laughs) Not okay. What's Well, he's just a man just like we are. Ignorant. It's not about the man. It's about the office. And see, we've lost this. 
As a generation, we've lost this, and the people do the same thing with God they do with each other. You don't just flip a switch and turn into somebody else when you walk in the church. You are what you are. And if you don't know how to show respect and honor to other people, you don't know how to show it to God. You just don't know how to show it. You just don't know the, what it is. It's been that way throughout history. David, on one occasion, sent messengers to another kingdom to a man's son. The man, the king had died and uh, he had befriended David and done some things for him in times past. And he sent some of his most respected advisors to just pay their respects, as we say. That's where we get that term from, to come and say, David sends his, uh, you know, condolences and regards and says your father's a great man and he was a good friend to him and we just come to show our respects and so they traveled this great distance and these guys are important men in the kingdom with David and they come and they come into the throne there and they tell the king that and when they turn aside the king's young advisors say don't believe that baloney they're just spies you're trying to spy out the land they're not trying to show respect to your daddy see This was such a foreign concept to them that they didn't believe it. But it was true. There was no ulterior motive. He was just trying to show respect to the man's father. And they shaved off half their beards and cut off their garments above their behinds and and just disgraced them and, and dishonored them and sent them back. Caused a war. I said it caused a war between these nations. Because of a lack of understanding. And you hear a lot about people talking about nowadays, you know, uh, using slang and somebody dissed me. Dissed me. I don't take no disrespect. And a lot of folk don't even have a clue what they're talking about. It ain't about people respecting you. Learn how to show respect yourself. And if you sow it, it'll come back to you. I don't accept anybody dissing me. I don't take nobody disrespecting me. You can't make somebody respect you. You can put three guns in their face. They may do what you tell them, but that doesn't mean they have any respect for you at all. Oh, but when you learn how to show honor and reverence to God, what's going to happen? It's going to come back to you. God, Oh, come on. Think about what the scripture said. Now, God himself. Is going to honor you. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, go to Psalm 96 please. Psalm 96. I know you got Hebrews. But we'll just wait on that for a bit. Psalm 96. How do we reverence him? How can we learn to reverence him more Let's get into some things, some particulars right now. Psalm 96, verse 1. says, Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare what? His, whose glory? His glory. Are you supposed to seek His glory or your glory? His glory. Say it again. His glory. 
Oh, this is so important. So many people are seeking their own glory. That is the common thing. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day and generation. He said, you are seeking your own glory. He said, I don't seek my own glory, Jesus said. I seek the glory of him that sent me. Seeking your own glory takes the place of seeking God's glory. John 7 said, he that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. What do people normally talk about the most? Their self. So what are they seeking? Their glory. And that's not glorifying the Lord. That's the mistake. That's the error. I've had people I don't know how many times come and say, Brother Keith, you know, God uses me in all nine gifts of the Spirit. Brother Keith, let me tell you about my experience. Brother Keith, let me tell you about how God uses me. Let me tell you about my anointing. Why? Why? Why do you need to tell me that? Why? Is it going to bless me some? How's it going to bless me? Again and again, what are people seeking? They're seeking to impress you. They're wanting you to go wow over them. Man, that's the greatest experience I've ever heard. Wow. Boy, that was an amazing thing. You must be special. Wow. You must be something. Yeah, I never thought of any of that. That's way out beyond me. You're amazing. Wow. Now, what good did that do you? What good would that do me? That doesn't help either one of us. Oh, boy. Hold your place. Turn to that scripture I just quoted, John 7. I want to remind you these are not my words. These are his words. I didn't make these up. We're growing, guys. We're growing. We're learning. We're going to advance in this. We're going to leave some flesh and junk behind. We're going to grow up out of this child. How many understand it's childish to always think about yourself and always talk about me and mine? That's like a little baby. Childish. We're growing up out of this childishness and childlikeness and get our eyes off of ourselves and each other and really begin to glorify God. And what's going to happen after that? He will glorify us with his amazing presence to degrees we haven't experienced before, the gifts of his spirit, his miracle working power. Come on, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The psalmist said, not unto us, not unto us, but unto your name give glory. Jesus said, I didn't come to seek my own, but to seek the will of him that sent me to finish the work. He said, I don't seek my own glory. He's the perfect example, isn't he? If he didn't seek his own glory, what about us? But it's something that happens more often than not. In John 7, you're holding your place in the Psalms, John 7 They were marveling, verse 15, about Jesus' teaching. They were going on and on about his revelation. The scribes and doctors of the law were going, where did he go to school? The other guy said he didn't. He didn't finish seminary? No. He can't speak the original languages of this and that, and he didn't study under this one and that one, and, and he didn't study eschatology and... Numerology and 
this history and that history. No, no, he was a carpenter's son. Where did he get this? How does he speak like this? Where did he get these things? I mean, the crowd just sits there spellbound and listen to him. His crowds are bigger than anybody's. What did he say? Verse 16. And Jesus said, you got to pay the price. While others were playing, I was praying. Got to burn the midnight oil. Man, I've studied many a night into the wee hours of the morning. I paid the price. You ever heard anything like that? Why would somebody say that? They are seeking their glory. What did Jesus say? Come on, tell me what he said. Where would you get these things, Jesus? Where would you get this revelation's amazing. I never heard anything like this preached or taught. Where did you get this? He said, it's not mine. <laughs> the Father gave it to me. Learn this, friends. You don't figure out the Bible. Nobody figures out the Bible. God reveals it to you. That's not the result of your intense study and effort. Oh, boy. (laughs) You can tell we got a lot of work to do on this, don't you? Why are people a little hesitant about Why didn't everybody just go, amen, that's right, Brother Keith. Why? Because people want to hold on to their glory. I prayed it out. I studied it out. I figured it out. I got it. I pressed through nine walls of demons and I went and got it. <laughs> and, I, and I sit and studied till I figured her out, buddy, and I got it. I, well, that glorifies you and it's a lie. I said it's a lie. If you really got something good and life changing, you didn't figure it out. God gave it to you. He revealed it to you. He showed it to you. Not because you're so smart, because you believed him, you asked him, and you yielded to him. And if you got any smarts, you'll give him the glory. It's just the truth. (laughs) How many of everything God has done for this church family? It's not because we worked so hard. It's not because we were so smart, because we did a good deal, or we did this or that, or we figured it out. God has been good to us. He's just done it. Who should get the credit? He should get the glory. Not because we're trying to be humble. It's because it's reality. He really did it. So he should get the credit. Jesus said, my doctrine's not my own. I didn't figure this out. The Father gave it to me. The one that sent me gave it to me. If any man will do his will, he'll know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Verse 18. He that speaks of himself is doing what? Seeks his own glory. But he that seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Whose glory are we seeking? Yours? Mine. 
Faith Life Church. No. no. Whose glory are we seeking? Now, the, everybody knows the right answer to that. But let's purpose that it's not going to be just in theory or talk, but that we really are. We're really going to do this thing. We're going to seek his glory. And we're going to glorify him. What's going to happen as a result? It's already happened to a small degree. Phyllis and I didn't come here to build a name for ourselves. Absolutely did not. Did not come here. I don't have a desire for everybody to know my name. I don't. There's a lot of people here that God's brought and joined to the church. You're not seeking notoriety. You're not trying to impress. The people, there were a few people that came through that wanted to and they didn't get it and they're gone. And that's okay. I said, that's okay. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to be heard and known. And if it didn't happen quick enough for them, they'd try to find some other place where somebody will give them the acknowledgement that they're looking for and pump them up and make a big deal out of them. And uh, there's plenty of places you can go, especially if you'll give some money. They'll put you up. They'll put the spotlight on you. You won't be happy. I said, you won't be happy. But how about in this place? Come on, tell me now. Tell me now. What do we want? What do we want? Oh, we want God to be so real. We want God to be so glorified that visitors would come and they'd leave. And somebody said, what church was that? And they go, I don't know what church that was. Well, who was the preacher? I don't know. But I'm telling you, God was in that place. I'm telling God, God was in that place. I'm going back. He was there. That's what we want. That's what you want. That's what I want. That's what I want. And how's it going to happen? As we honor him. Now go back to the Psalms, please. Glory to God. We're making progress today, brothers and sisters. We're... You know, make a practice of it all through life. When you hear you talking about you, ask yourself, why am I telling this? You hear yourself talking about, I did this, and I saw that, and, and I knew this, and I felt like this, and I experienced this, and just in the middle of while your, your mouth is moving, kind of sneak up behind yourself. And listen and go, why are they telling that? Why are you telling this? Are you really trying to bless them? You're trying to edify them some way with these words? What's the result of this going to be? Or are you trying to impress them with yourself? And if you'll be honest, many a time you'll have to go, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to impress them with me. And that's when it's time to shut up. Change the subject, right? Shut up. Because you're not seeking your own glory. Am I right? You're not seeking your own glory. What are you seeking? Say it out loud. I am seeking. Ever seeking. God's glory. The glory of God. Psalm 96. Verse 3. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. Declare them. Declare whose glory? His glory. Don't tell us about what you did. Tell us about what he did. 
Don't tell us about what you think. Tell us what he said. Declare his glory even among the heathen. His wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Somebody say yes. Yes. For all the gods of the nations are what? Don't you all respect other religions? I mean, they're, you know, everybody has their own way to God. I can't be a Christian and believe that. Nobody can. Well, I believe that so and so, I mean, if they, that's how they see God is God, then that's their prerogative and there are many ways to God. If you really believe that, you are not a Christian. Can't be. People, there's these watered down versions of Christianity that are not Christianity at all. But to be a real Christian means Jesus is your Lord. And you believe what he tells you. And he said that he's the only way. There's one God. Just one. And there's one mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. And he is the only way nobody can come to the Father except by Jesus. That's it. It's the only way. Well, you're narrow-minded and saved. The Bible said straight and narrow is the way that leads to salvation. Broad is the way encompassing all the ideas is the way that leads to what? Destruction. All the gods of the nations are what? They are just dumb idols. But the Lord made the heavens. You know, you got to watch about this nature, talking about nature, particularly mother nature. What is that? Where'd that come from? Ever read about any mother nature? Mother earth? This spirit, that spirit? No, no. There is one God who made the heavens and the earth. All that is called nature is the creation of God. You don't have any respect for mother nature? There is no mother nature. (laughs) I have respect for our father God who created all nature. (laughs) So you're just too black and white. Well, I read the Bible. And that's the way it is. <laughs> oh boy. All the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Come on, verse 6. What does it say? Honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering. Whoa. (laughs) Well, we were doing so good, having so much fun. What you gonna start talking about an offering for in the middle? Hey, I'm reading the Bible. I understand that's one way you honor God. Is bring your offering. Bring an offering. 
and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Read that again. Verse 9. What? Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Worship is one big way that we reverence God. Worship. Now, when you say worship, don't let your mind have a limited concept of that. Worship includes the way you live. The Bible said we are to present our bodies, Romans 12, a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable to the Lord. Your reasonable service, one translation says worship. Your reasonable worship. And he's not just talking about putting up your hands and going, I worship you. He's talking about how you live. Can you live with the same type of attitude? Can you have the same kind of thing in your heart on a Tuesday afternoon in the office as you do Sunday morning when your hands are up and you're going, I worship you? Can you have some of that in you then, even though you're not physically doing it? Can you still have that in your heart? Can you still have that frame of mind and attitude, just that respect of God that you don't turn off when you walk out of the doors of the church? Worship the Lord. Somebody say, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, he said. And then he said, fear before him. See how it works hand in hand, doesn't it? The worship. And the reverence. Somebody say worship. Worship. And reverence. reverence. Something that is a hindrance. A great hindrance to worship. You see in the Old and the New Testament. Something called. Stiff neckedness. Somebody say stiff neck. Do you know what a stiff neck is? Yeah, I've had one. I need prayer. No. (laughs) No, that's not that kind of stiff neck. (laughs) A what? Stiff neck. Let me read some scriptures to you. Don't try to turn to these. Just listen to them. If you've read the Bible, I know you've read it. I know you've seen it more than once. Let me remind you. Exodus 33, 3. He talked about they came up and they didn't obey him and they cried on their unbelief. And he said, I am not going to go up in the midst of you for you are a stiff-necked people. Now let's get, look at this phrase in light of our text that we've already read. I'm not going to go up with you because you are what? Stiff-necked. Would they, is this a result of them honoring him? This is a result of them not honoring him. And then he says, I'm not going up with you. Well, does that mean he's not there? Oh, he's there. He's a, I mean, Psalm 139 says, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to hell, you're there. He's everywhere, but he's certainly not manifested in hell like he is in heaven. So what he's saying is my presence is not going to be manifested with you. I'm not going to show you glory and honor. Why? Because you are stiff-necked. Uh, one definition of stiff-necked, of course, if you look up several of the words, it means stiff neck. That's what it means. <laughs> Just like you would think. 
One says it like this, hard naped. You remember the nap of your neck or nape? Hard naped. And you'll see connected with stiff neck, hardness and hardness of heart. Sometimes used together with the idea stiff neck is a symptom of hard heart. What's the opposite of stiff neck? I would say it like this. Bent or bowed. You'll see this in the scripture. And that is the definition for worship. The definition of the word worship is to bow or to stoop. Or to lay oneself down before. Literally that's what it means. To bow. Bow. Now this is the perfect picture. Of what's going on in churches everywhere. You don't see what I see. When I come out on the platform. And I see everybody worshiping God. Some people are like this. Notice the neck bent or like this. Others are like this. Hey, you can tell as things progress that they don't like. And there might as well be a sign over their head that says, I don't believe it and you can't make me. Now, there's numerous reasons why I don't say something about it, or every time. For one thing, you don't know where people are from. A lot of folks, just to be in here is breakthrough. (laughs) I mean, just being in, in this, just turning in this parking lot, right, It's breakthrough, and I'm not going to take anything away from you. Brother, you're stepping out. You're breaking out. Glory to God. Right? We love you. And listen, you think, well, I, I'm not used to all that. And I don't have any good clothes. We don't care. We don't care, brother. It's your heart that matters. Forget about clothes. And nobody's trying to make you do anything that you're not comfortable with. But at the same time, you don't want any stiff-necked before the Lord, do you? You don't. You want to be free. And you want to be yielded. Somebody say yielded. 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 Let me read some other scriptures to you along this line. Oh, I remember the church I came out of originally. I mean, nobody raised their hands. Nobody said, you know, amen loud and that kind of stuff. And I remember one of the first times I heard about raising your hand. And I saw it in the scripture. I saw it in Timothy. And we'll let men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And I read it in the Psalms again, lifting up your hands, lifting up your hands. That is scriptural. 
and that is appropriate uh, much more so than clapping hands in applause. Now, clapping hands to the music and to the beat of the music, uh, you see that in the Psalms. And usually when it says, clap your hands, all you people shout unto God with a voice of trump, that's the context of it, that you're clapping hands to the beat of the music. This uh, praising the Lord with applause is a new thing that men have come up with in these times. Are you with me now? And it really is not reverent to the degree that it should be. People do the same thing for other people. How many understand if I had a special guest speaker in here this morning and I said, you know, brother so-and-so has come to us. The Lord's brought him. Y'all stand up and give him a good hand. And you did. And then I said three minutes later, let's stand up and give the Lord a hand today. Same thing. Right? We're using the same thing and same degree of reverence to the Almighty as we are a politician. Same thing you do in a business seminar. So-and-so's come to speak to us about economics. Let's give him a hand. Now, I know that not everybody likes that. People like to clap. We live in a clap-happy bunch. A clap, clap, everybody likes to clap. You know why? Because you can keep your stiff neck while you clap. Your neck can stay rigid. This requires no submission. Do you see this? It requires no humbling of yourself. It is earthly. It is man stuff. And if you'll notice, I never do it. I never clap and applaud the Lord. Never. Never. What do you do? I lift my hands. I might clap my hands for you. And I'll clap my hands to the music. But when it comes to worshiping him. Neck is not stiff. It's either bent backwards. Or it's bent forward. But it's not this. Are y'all with me now? (laughs) Save your letters. (laughs) I didn't just say this off the top of my head. I've studied it for years. And there's a lot I've got yet to learn about it. But why don't you study your side of it? Study your side of it before you think you're ready to talk about it. Uh, Very few references that talk about clapping unto the Lord. And if you'll notice, they are in connection with music and song almost invariably. And the Bible says, lift your hands. And I was talking about, I wasn't used to that. That was a new thing to me. And I'll never forget one of the first services I was in. I had read prior to it, you know, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And I was sitting there and the thought came to me, well, why don't you lift your hands? I thought, well, maybe I will. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about or not? I'm standing there and I'm thinking, well, okay. And then the thought came to me. I know it was the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm still learning all these things. Thought came to me. Why not do it now? <laughs> Everybody's praising God. Several people had their hands lifted up and I'm thinking, I really don't have any good reason why 
I don't do it now. It's in the Bible. I mean, but I'd never done it. It was new to me. So anybody besides me, that's what you did. You, you know, kind of half masked here. You one hand, one hand, because you can still keep your neck stiff. Like this. It's so amusing to me. Uh, you, you see sometimes people, and every, people around them are just worshiping God, got their hands up, and they're like this. Hard look on their face. Because they're afraid of being uncool. What does that make the rest of us? And besides that, what is cool? What is this thing that everybody is so keen on being cool? Got to be cool. What is cool? What is it? What is it? You ever find a scripture said, be thou cool? <laughs> Did the Lord ever say anything about being cool? <laughs> you know what one definition of cool is? Worldly. A lot of what people call cool is simply worldly. No, we want to be godly. We want to please him. We want him to be happy with us. Lord, what is going to please you for us to be and act and do? Well, he told us in his word, lift up your hands. Don't be stiff-necked. Yield to me. Worship me. Lift up your voices. Sing a new song. Worship me in the beauty of holiness. Show me fear. Show me reverence. He told us. Didn't he? <laughs> uh, some folks are going to have to think about this. Let me read some other scriptures to you. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. God. Just look straight ahead. Be happy. (laughs) I want you to say it out loud. No more. more. Stiff-necked. Because he said, you're stiff-necked. I'm not going up with you. We don't want that. We want him with us in manifestation. Deuteronomy 9, 6 through 7. The Lord says, understand. Well, the man of God said, understand that the Lord your God gives you not this good land to possess it for your righteousness. For you are a stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked bunch. Remember and forget not how you provoked the Lord to wrath in the wilderness. From the day you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. That's the problem. Rebellion. Oh, Lord, help us with this. And the thing is, in fact, say this out loud right now. Pray it in sincerity. Lord, open my eyes eyes. and help me to see see any rebellion rebellion in me. me. There has been a lot more in us than we've wanted to admit and acknowledge. Pride and rebellion are some of the ugliest things in all time and eternity. They are the very nature of Satan himself. Pride and rebellion. I I don't even have to ask you. I was going to say, have you ever experienced it? I know you have. I know you have. Something came up and something inside you just went to your neck. And what's your position? You ain't giving in. You ain't giving in. I ain't giving in. And people are talking and they can just talk all day if they want to because I ain't doing it. 
You can't make me. Not now, not tomorrow, not in a thousand years. (laughs) Problem is, people are that way with each other. And they are the same way with God. They wouldn't want to admit it. Oh, they wouldn't want to admit it. But things are coming. The Spirit of God starts moving a certain way. And it comes up in their heart to respond. But mm, I ain't used to that. I don't know that. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. Well, the reason you're uncomfortable is because you're holding your neck so stiff. I mean, that's, that's why you're uncomfortable because of what you're doing to yourself. When you could loosen up, somebody say loosen up, loosen up and let that neck be flexible. Let it be bendable, bowable. Somebody say bowable. Bow that head, bow that, that knee and not just outwardly, but inwardly. Thank you, Lord. Second Chronicles 30, put that up. Second Chronicles 30 and verse eight. He says, now be not stiff-necked as your fathers were. But what? Instead of being stiff-necked, do what? Yield Yield yourself to the Lord. Yield yourself. This is quoted in the book of Acts. Acts 7.51. Put that up there, please. Acts 7.51. This is what got Stephen stoned. Wasn't it? By a bunch of what? Stiff-necked rock throwers. He was pre- He gave a wonder. The Holy Ghost through him gave a wonderful layout of the history of the plan of redemption. Didn't he? You read what is it? Acts that whole chapter of Acts seven there. And uh, man, I mean, the Holy Ghost is flowing through him, and then he gets to the punchline. The application. And he says, you stiff-necked. He's talking to his current crowd. The people he's currently speaking to. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always what? What is this stance? It is the stance of resistance. It is the evidence of rebellion. Parents, you see it in your children. It is not okay. And it's not okay for them to go to their room and sulk about it for three days. Mm -mm, No, sir. No, ma'am. Rebellion is the nature of the devil. I don't care if you got to sit down and talk to them for half a day. I don't care what you got to do. I don't care how inconvenient it is. You got to get through it and get it changed because this will ruin their lives. Rebellion will ruin your life. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers do, you do too. And that's the point where they begin to grind their teeth, tear their clothes, and throw dirt in the air. They couldn't bow their head and lift their hand, but they could tear their clothes and throw dirt in the air. Somebody say, not me. me. I'm not stiff-necked. I'm not rebellious. I will yield myself to the Holy Spirit. I bow myself. Humble myself. Friends, do you see the connection between reverence and worship? You cannot truly worship God without humbling yourself. 
the very definition of what worship is. People have wanted to substitute clapping for worship. They don't mind standing up and giving God a hand. It requires no submission, no humbling of yourself. But to genuinely bow your heart and your neck and your soul means you're giving God a place over you. Somebody say a place. Over me. Say it out loud. I am not my own man. I'm God's man or woman. I didn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I am not a self-made man. I'm a God-made man. <laughs> I'm not my own man. I'm his man. How about you? Are you his man? You his woman? And I bow myself to him. Every good thing I have, he gave it to me. Every good thing that's ever come through me, he did it. He gave it to me. It's his. He deserves the credit. He deserves the glory. It's the truth. Go with me to uh, Matthew, fourth chapter. How can we grow in our reverence to God? We exercise worship. We develop in worship, not just when they're playing so-called worship songs in the church. It's an attitude of heart and mind. It's a softness. It's a bendable, pliable soul and attitude and mind. It's not being stiff-necked. Matthew 4, are you there? This is something that's very enlightening, very eye-opening. Matthew 4, Jesus is entering in to the anointed ministry that he walked in for these three or four years. And uh, he's baptized in the River Jordan. When he came up out of the water... The Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily shape and form as a dove. The Father spoke out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son. In him I'm well pleased. Didn't say he was proud of him. Well pleased. Then Jesus went into the wilderness where he was tempted of the enemy. Forty days and nights. He said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made into bread. He said, it's written. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, you know, took him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said, cast yourself down from here. It's written. The devil's quoting Bible now. It's written. He'll give his angels charge over you. They'll bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. He said, no, it's also written. You not tempt the Lord your God. And And he did this. Get this now. He took him up on a a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This is Matthew 4, verse 8. The devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. Somebody say glory. glory. The glory of them. And he said to him, all these things, all what things? The glory of all the kingdoms in the earth. I will give you if what? If what? If you will fall down. 
That's the opposite of stiff-necked, isn't it? Fall down. And what? Worship me. Why would he care? What would this do for him? Why? I mean, that he would be willing to trade the kingdoms of this world and their glory for this? Why? What is this? How many can see just from this phrase, this must be a powerful thing. Of all the things he could have asked and tried to tempt him with, why this? Why would he want him to fall down and worship him? Friend, there is such power in worship. Worship is one of the true worship is one of the ultimate expressions of submission and reverence. Somebody say submission, submission. And, reverence. and reverence. See, we got millions of folks today. They don't mind going to church. They don't mind sitting in the pew. They don't mind watching while other people do it. But they don't want to humble themselves. They don't want to really worship. They want to hold on to my life I'm in charge of my life. They just don't want to cross that line. And that's holding them back. That's holding them out of the things of God. What would it have done for the devil? What would he have cared? Listen to this phrase, friend. When you worship and you give reverence, you give whoever, whatever you're worshiping, you give them power over you. You give them access into your life and right to manifest their power in you and over you. See, we've just looked at it as bowing a knee. You just bowed your knee and, oh, well, isn't that nice there? They worship. Mm. In the spirit, when you really do it from your heart, Whoever you're worshiping, you have opened the doors of your life to them. You have invited them and giving them spiritual right to manifest their power in you and over you. Even to this day, the enemy seeks people to worship him. There are groups in our country, sadly, that worship the devil. That's one of the most stupid things a man or woman could imagine and think of. To worship the one who delights in killing you. Worship the one who gets thrills out of destroying and stealing and killing you. Well, no, if I worship him, he will spare me. And you are silly. You are silly. He'll give me power. The devil has fallen. He's stripped. He's brought to naught. He can give you nothing but death. If you want the power of death and you want to experience the power of death, then yeah, you'd be in the right place. It is the most stupid, ignorant thing to talk about worshiping the devil. Satan was so ignorant and stupid. 
He's nothing but a killer. He's nothing but a thief. The worst murderer, the worst pervert that you ever heard tell of, he's the source of them. And he's worse than them. He's worse than 90 of them rolled up in one. And you're going to worship that? What you ought to do is worship the one who made the heavens and the earth. Worship the one who created your spirit. Gave you your brain and your mind and every breath you've ever breathed and makes the sun shine and gives you your next heartbeat. Wise people worship him. Wise people reverence him. Wise people hadn't got to stand up with their neck straight. They'll put their nose in the carpet, brother. They'll throw their hands up. They'll bow their head. They'll worship God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Bible said, Father seeks such to worship him like that. God's a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Stand up on your feet and begin to do it. Stand up on your feet and begin to do it. Lift up your hands. Unashamed. No embarrassment. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hand. No stiff neck. Oh, lean your head back. Or bow your head forward. Not a stiff neck. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we glorify you. We magnify you. We worship you. Oh, we worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.